Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. U.S. life expectancy dropped by a year and a half in 2020. We haven't seen that kind of decline since World War II. And according to the CDC, the pandemic is mainly to blame for this decline. And uh, as we look at that, uh, we want to have a discussion about what that is, what that means. What is it? uh, How is that playing out here in the state of Utah as well? I'm very pleased to be joined now by Dr. Ken Smith. He's one of the leading demographers in the state of Utah. He's the director of pedigree and population resources at the Huntsman Cancer Institute at the University of Utah and a biodemographer who studies health, aging and longevity. Dr. Smith, thanks for joining us. Sure. Nice to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. So as you look at this report and this drop in U.S. life expectancy, uh, what are some of your uh, initial uh, first blush responses to that? Yeah, it is uh, it is concerning. Uh, we have been on a pretty good march uh, increasing life expectancy. for. We've had quite a good run. Uh, we really haven't seen, as you mentioned in your opening remarks, we haven't seen something like this for quite a while. Um, and the, the fact that we're getting roughly about a year and a half decline in life expectancy, that's a, that's a big number. Uh, I will just maybe uh, say something to your listeners, and that, and that is uh, that that number means that if uh, what is happening here now, well, for, 19, for 2020, if the conditions that happened in 2020 persist for the, your entire life, we would lose a year and a half. So I think it's uh, it's concerning news because it's a drop, but I think maybe we can be a little bit optimistic that we we don't expect the conditions of 2020 to persist to for persist. decades going forward. Yeah, very, very important point uh, to be sure. Uh, I think it was noted uh, that uh, of that decrease, that about uh, 74% uh, of that overall decline was due to the pandemic, was due to COVID-19. Uh, one of the other things that caught my attention, would love your perspective on this, Dr. Smith, is that the decrease for both black Americans and Hispanic Americans uh, was even worse. <laughs> it was closer to three years. Right. Um, so uh, I, I think the report uh, clearly highlights the fact that there are these persistent inequalities and COVID just made them worse. I think in the in the Utah context, where we have smaller fractions of of, uh, of the, these historically vulnerable populations, I'd have to think that uh, our uh, the impact, at least on the racial lines, will be will be less uh, significant. But but if you happen to be uh, in one of those uh, racial ethnic groups, I think there's certainly uh, cause for concern. Um, it's also not. 
entirely clear whether it's strictly race and ethnicity or it could be related to uh, economic factors that tend to be related to race and ethnicity, so like income and access to uh, health insurance and good housing and things like that. So uh, so certainly Utah, uh, we, we too, of course, have um, disparities in terms of those economic factors and, and the groups that are on the low end of that uh, spectrum, uh, you know, they too are, are, I think, are suffering because of COVID. Yeah, and, that, and that's so important. I appreciate you bringing out the fact that, again, it's not just uh, one thing in particular, but it does then impact the economics, the housing, access to health care and health insurance, uh, all of those things factor in. One of the other things that jumped out to me would love your perspective on this, uh, and that is that uh, uh, another contributing factor or something that seemed to have had an impact uh, was uh, drug overdose uh, also tended to push life expectancy down uh, just a little bit. Uh, in your studies, how have you uh, seen that bit, uh, play out? Right. So uh, when you study life expectancy, as you just pointed out, there are so many different factors. And so uh, COVID is really unprecedented, and it produces all of these secondary kind of ripple effects. And in the case of COVID and drug overdoses that you're talking about, you know, people are not socially engaged in the way they used to be. Some of them are unemployed. Uh, and these are, are changes in their lives that are simply going to make maybe pre-existing uh, psychological and mental factors more, more problematic. And people trying to cope in some one way or the other some coping is helpful, some is not. And so the fact that that uh, we see these uh, so-called deaths of despair related mm-hmm. to uh, drug overdose and things related to depression, that is not surprising. So uh, there's the COVID effect itself that is uh, producing these unfortunate number of deaths, but uh, it's producing all these other secondary effects that someone could have died not from COVID, but it'll be related to the kind of the upheaval, social upheaval that we've encountered. So uh, this is not, I guess, all too surprising. Yeah, uh, very inter- interesting uh, perspective for sure. Uh, any Anything else uh, jump out of you or anything else in your studies? Uh, you, you've been looking at this for quite some time in, in terms of life expectancy. And again, a lot of those uh, kind of ripple <laughs> effect uh impacts as, as you describe them. Uh, anything else uh, that you think we ought to be thinking about, uh, maybe in terms of public policy or even our own uh, personal uh, habits in terms of extending then and kind of getting back to a, a trend that we were on in terms of extending uh, life expectancy rather than having that go down? Yeah, I would just say maybe a few very quick points. One is um, uh, we're talking about life expectancy, and often we talk about health expectancy uh, also. So how many years uh, are you going to be living uh, without serious chronic conditions? Uh, the People have heard about long haulers and COVID, so it would be it's too soon to be able to know this, but that's a concern that even with the shorter life expectancy, we might even, in addition, see shorter health expectancy for some um, so that's something to keep our eyes on. And then the other is that we've created uh, a large number of um, widows and kids that, whose parents die. Uh, they are now at a higher risk of health and mortality consequences, and that's something that we have to keep our eyes on for public policy on what kind of safety net we might be able to provide for those individuals. And then finally, uh, on, again, on a policy level, 
you know, the role of vaccinations, how, how is that going to uh, alter this trend? The 2020 data really don't include to any great extent at all uh, the, the effect of vaccinations. And so it reflects sort of a uh, kind of open season of the, of the virus on the population. And 2021 will tell us a lot more about, uh, about the, the role of vaccinations and affecting life expectancy. Uh, fantastic. Dr. Ken Smith uh, joining us. A great perspective. And yes, those are all factors we've got to uh, put in, not just life expectancy, but quality of life, uh, long haulers, uh, widows, uh, so many other things that do impact that quality of life as well. Uh, Ken Smith, again, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, so many things to think about as it relates to life expectancy and, and what comes next. So we'll continue to track that. And uh, again, I think what Dr. Smith pointed out is that there's there are so many uh, dynamics to really looking at this. It's not just a number of, of years, but it's uh, it's all the other things as well. If our health is deteriorating at younger ages, uh, then what happens? Uh, how does that impact not just the, that individual, but their family, their extended family and society as a whole? Uh, all of those are really important factors uh to, uh, to keep in mind as well. Uh, we've been keeping our eye on the vote in the United States Senate on the $1.2 trillion uh, bipartisan infrastructure deal. That vote has concluded on the floor of the Senate. It was a 51 to 49 vote uh, uh, to not take that up. So it was voted down. Uh, and again, this is a procedural vote. Very important to keep that in mind today. Uh, this was just to take up the bill and begin debate on the floor of the Senate uh, and I will remind you, so the 51, most people were expecting a 50-50. Why 51? Uh, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, had to vote against the bill in order to be the one who brings it back up uh, when it is a little more fully vetted, a little more fully written, uh, which will happen over the weekend. And uh, then I, we expect uh, very much that that will uh, take place on Monday and uh, that they will actually begin debate on uh, on that actual bill. Hopefully it'll be scored by the Congressional Budget Office so we know how much it's going to cost and how it will be paid for. And we will also keep our eye very closely over the next few days as to what gets tucked in uh, to that legislation as it is actually written. So we will keep that in mind. Also, one other thing we're just keeping our eye on, I want to give you a heads up on uh, the committee that President Biden has set up to review the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, continues to take testimony, continues to meet. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of eyes on uh, Justice Breyer, whether he will retire, how that might impact the court, and uh, so many things that are happening there in our nation's capital. One of the things that has happened in our nation's capital, despite all the partisan rhetoric, despite all the division and discontent, There is some bipartisan work being done. Stay with us. After our top of the hour news, we're going to have a conversation with Representative John Curtis on some critical bipartisan issues that are being done around methamphetamines and opioids. Coming up next on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.